Hey guys, it's Dr. Childs here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, some of the basics of T3 and T4 um, thyroid hormones. We'll be discussing what they mean. We'll talk about optimal levels, uh, how to test these hormones, um, and a bunch of other stuff. So let's jump right in here and let's just talk. Let's break this down so that we so that it's really easy to understand. Um, thyroid disease can be a little bit complex. Um, but there's a, there's a fairly straightforward way of looking at it, and it starts with looking at the impact of thyroid hormones, specifically the most biologically active ones, and how those impact your body. And then what we can do is, once you have an understanding of what these hormones do, it'll be really easy to then look at your labs and determine, um, let's say, determine the weight and the importance of these thyroid hormones on the overall picture of your thyroid health. So the first one is the thyroid hormone T3, um, and T3 is short for triiodothyronine. And here is, I have an image here. Um, well, let me first first start by saying that T3 is, uh, I wouldn't say probably, I'd say definitely the single most important thyroid hormone in your body. The reason for this is pretty straightforward. T3 is the active form of thyroid hormone. Um, that's floating around in your serum. The other thyroid hormones have activity, and we, we call that biological activity, but T3 has far and away the most biological activity out of all these thyroid hormones. So what that means is all of the benefit that we attribute to thyroid hormone, and these benefits include things like managing your metabolism, managing your heart rate, your cholesterol, um, your body weight, all of these things. They come from thyroid horm They come from your thyroid, but specifically, they come from the effects of T3 on your cells. And this, these effects, well, we'll talk about those effects in just a minute. But I want to kind of show you this because it's pretty interesting. So what we have here is we have a a molecule of um, thyroid hormone, and this would be T4, and in its in its complete sense. But what happens here to the body is it comes through. And it alters this base structure. And if it if it removes an iodine um, from this area right here, then it changes the whole structure of this thyroid hormone into something called reverse T3. If it removes an iodine over here, then it turns it and activates it into T3. Um, and then these are ways that it can cleave it and so on and so forth. It could be a glucuronidation or sulfation, but don't worry about those uh, for uh, this discussion. What I'm trying to show you here is that there are certain enzymes in the body that, in this I right here, that stands for iodine. That's what that is. So basically what happens is the body, through an enzyme called deiodinase, removes iodine in certain areas, and depending on where that iodine is removed, it changes the action, it changes the shape, and it changes the, the function of thyroid hormone. And so this is, this has, uh, this is very important, and the reason is because there are certain things that, that can happen in the body which make your body more likely to either turn on thyroid hormone by removing this iodine or turn off thyroid hormone by removing this iodine. And it, they're, they're really close together, right? And very simple. They're very close. Um, and they don't look like they'd make that much of a difference, but they actually do. Um, and so I wanted to put this into your brain because it's a really easy way um, to, to visualize what is actually happening to the thyroid hormone. So, so um, basically, T3 is the most active form of thyroid hormone. Um, it comes from 
The interesting thing is the majority of T3 that's in your body actually comes from the cleaving or the manipulation of the T4 thyroid hormone. Now, some of the T3 in your body is produced directly from the thyroid gland, um, but the majority is actually created through thyroid conversion. And thyroid conversion is what we talked about here. It's converting the thyroid, the T4 thyroid hormone, into something else. So that that this uh, process is called peripheral thyroid conversion is what it's, it's, what it's referred to. Um, and just to put this into a little more context, I have another image for you, but these are the various types of deiodinases. Remember, those are the enzymes which alter the structure and the function of, of the T4 thyroid hormone. I'm not going to go into the details here because you can, you can read them from this image here, but essentially what you can get out of this is that different tissues have different types um, of these enzymes. And so what that means to you is that there are some tissues which may be more active in converting T4 into the active T3, um, whereas other tissues may be less effective at doing this. Um, and some, some tissues can only convert T4 into T3, they cannot convert T4 into reverse T3, and so on. And one of the one of the uh, examples of the prime examples of this is the fact that the pituitary gland lacks the ability to turn T4 into reverse T3. So it's like a it's like a machine with um, an on switch. It doesn't have any it doesn't have a slowdown or anything. It's just an on switch, and so that makes the pituitary, which produces TSH, that that uh, this mechanism. Um, influences how we should be looking at TSH and how valuable it is. And this is one of the many reasons why f the, the value of your free thyroid hormones may be, let's say, superior um, to TSH in terms of assessing how well your thyroid is functioning overall. So that's, that's pretty much T3. Um, I'm not going to get into too many other details. There are ways that you can influence the T4 to T3 conversion um, through supplementation, through a reduction in inflammation, and so on. Um, but that's not really the, the topic that we're discussing here. So that's the overview of T3. Now, what is T4? T4 is the... It's the, it doesn't have as much biological activity as T3, but it is very important, and it's important because it is the reservoir upon which your body draws to convert T4 into T3. So your body has created an, an interesting system where the majority of the hormone in your body, the majority of thyroid hormone that's floating around in your body, is in the T4 form, and what it does, this is by design, and what it does is it says, okay, we have a bunch of T4, now all we need to do is we need to, to alter the structure of the T4 depending on the needs of the body. So what it does is let's say you are going to exercise or um, whatever, you're, 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 you're ill or some, something else. These, all of these different conditions and states that the body could be in will influence the way that your body wants to either convert T4 into T3 or convert T4 into reverse T3. So T4 is very important um, in that way because it provides this, this, uh, this reservoir of thyroid hormone upon which your body can draw. Again, it's not as active um, as, as T3. It has some biological activity, um, but nowhere near as potent as T3 is. And so basically if there's very little T3 floating around in the body, T4 can latch on to some of those receptors and it may activate those thyroid receptors, but, but that's usually not the case. So it's important to, to understand T4 
um, and it's and how it works in the body because the majority of medications that doctors prescribe patients they are in the T4 form and T4 is is um, it's it's uh, name is thyroxin now this this may make sense if you think about the medication that we prescribe to a lot of patients which is levothyroxine okay so it basically that you you can um, kind of infer from that name that medications most medications that doctors give come in the T4 form so why is that important it's important because when you take a thyroid medication such as levothyroxine or synthroid tyrosine or levoxyl all of these medications contain T4 which means that they're not necessarily active once you consume them they have to be activated by your body in order for them to turn into T3 and in order for them to have some effect in the body. Now, you can probably see where I'm going here, but what if you are a person who takes T4 by mouth, because you're taking level thyroxine, but you're not very good, your body isn't, for, for a number of reasons, but your body isn't very good at converting that T4 to T3. Do you think that you'll feel better if that's the case? Now, if you if you've been listening, then obviously you should be saying the answer is no, because taking T4 by itself, if it doesn't convert to T3, is not going to make any of the changes that you're looking for. Because remember, T3 is the active thyroid hormone. It has to be present in order to activate genetic transcription um, and to influence uh, changes in your cells, which cause the benefits of thyroid hormone. So taking high amounts of T4 may not be converted into T3. Now, it's suspected that uh, among patients who take thyroid hormone, probably around 15%, this is just speculation um, based off of genetic studies, but probably about 15% of people have trouble with this conversion process. So it's not like everyone who takes T4 is going to have an issue um, with it, but there is, you know, it's, it's not an insignificant amount of patients who will suffer from um, thyroid conversion issues. The degree of thyroid conversion that they, or issues that they may um, express will vary from person to person but they're you know you can you can guess that about you know probably one in seven or one in eight will have this issue which again is not insignificant so that's why t4 is very important um, t3 going back to that just for a second t3 can be given in medication form and the medication that it, it is uh, it comes in where medications that contain t3 include lyothyronine um, cytomel um, sustained release T3, and then of course the natural desiccated thyroid hormones such as Armour Thyroid, WP Thyroid, Nature Thyroid, um, I think that's most of them. Those those also contain some T3, um, but the NDTs still have a, a fair amount of T4 in them. So um, that's t that's the sort of overview of T4, the overview of T3. Now what about T2? Now I like to talk about T2 because it is important. Um, T2 is a different type of thyroid hormone. It doesn't get a lot of attention. Now, in the United States, I don't know if this is true in, in other countries, but in the United States, T4 and T3 are prescription medications. T2, which is still a thyroid hormone, by the way, is an over-the-counter supplement. It's not, it's not as widely, um, I would say, it's not as widely known about when compared to other thyroid hormones, um, but it has some interesting effects. So T2, again, is not as biologically active as T3, but it seems to have some very specific um, effects. And what it does is that um, it actually can help increase energy metabolism in the mitochondria and can be used to help increase heat production, which if you, if you listen to any of my other sort of videos or read other blog posts, you know that those two factors are important in helping maintain 
your metabolism. So if you can increase more um, energy production or the, the production of energy from ATP, and if you can increase the amount of heat that your body is, is burning, you're going to be burning more calories at baseline. And so that is a sort of a rough estimate that you can, um, you can equate to your metabolism. It's not perfect, but it's, it's, it just helps you kind of put this together. So T2 has a special effect in that it can help sort of rev up that system. Now, it doesn't work for everyone um, in such a way. So it's not like just taking T2 as a, as a supplement over the counter will result in massive amounts of weight loss. But where it comes in handy is that if you're a patient who has, let's say, taken T4 or taken T3 and you have not experienced any weight loss, T2 may be something that you can supplement with in addition to those thyroid hormones to, to increase the amount of weight loss that, that you may um, experience with this regimen. Now, it needs to be used cautiously and caref carefully, obviously, because it's a hormone. You, you don't want to forget that. And you never want to take too many hormones. Now, where I've seen this uh, be the most beneficial is in patients who have had their thyroid either completely removed or who have had their thyroid um, destroyed by radioactive iodine ablation, or for whatever, even even end-stage patients with or end-stage Hashimoto's may benefit from this as well. And if you'll notice, all of these states, these these are uh, conditions in which the thyroid is not functioning properly. Now remember, if you have a normal thyroid, it's going to be producing T4, T3, and T2. It's going all of these things are going to be produced in your body, and your body's going to be using them all the way that it's meant to, and norm and 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 everything will be good inside your body in terms of your metabolism. But if there's any issues, for instance, you have no thyroid, well then how can you produce T2 if you have no? You you can't. So in that case, it may be beneficial to supplement with it. So hopefully that that makes it a little more clear. The next thing that we, we want to talk about is reverse T3, and this you should consider an antithyroid metabolite. So what it does is it basically competes with uh, T3 for binding on cellular sites. So it is like, the analogy I use is like um, T3 is a key that works, um, and T3 and reverse T3 is a key that looks similar to the T3, but it doesn't turn, turn, it just sits in there, it doesn't turn and won't open the door. So the more reverse T3 you have floating around, the more likely this thing is to just find a, find a keyhole and just jam itself in there and block T3 from actually getting in and turning it on. So it just sits in there and blocks it. And so that's a problem, right? Because in this way, reverse T3 is blocking the effects of, of T3 even if you have sufficient amounts of T3. And the other, the other thing that's interesting is T4 is a reservoir for reverse T3 as well as T3. The only difference between the two is which iodine gets cleaved and which enzyme is cleaving it. And so there are conditions which cause high reverse T3. Those conditions include inflammatory states, having extra weight on your body, so obesity can do this, uh, exposure to LPS, which is a it's a, let's say, a byproduct of bacteria in the gut, which can be absorbed into your body in states where there's not, um, we call it intest increased intestinal permeability, which you can kind of think about as leaky gut. But basically, if you have gut dysfunction, you may be absorbing some of these byproducts of the bacteria, which can block the conversion. Um, exposure to endocrine disrupt disrupting chemicals can do it. Extreme states of illness, and so acute illness is one, but also chronic illness is another. So chronic illnesses like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, things that you might be taking medication for, those can all cause this sort of uh, increase to reverse T3 conversion. Medications can do it as well. So there's actually a fair amount of, of things that can um, 
that can block the, the normal conversion of T4 to T3 and increase the conversion of T4 to reverse T3. So it is important in understanding. Now, what is this all, how do we kind of put all this together? So the reason this is important is because most doctors and most patients, I would say as well, rely heavily on TSH for evaluating thyroid function in their body. Um, and TSH stands for a thyroid simulating hormone. Um, it's produced by the pituitary gland and it's, it's said to be a general marker that you can use to assess how well the thyroid is functioning sort of at all, all parts along the way of, of its complex, fe complex feedback loop. Now, TSH is absolutely helpful, but, but you shouldn't use the TSH and completely forego the free T3 and free T4 hormones. And the reason for that is simple. Um, you could be taking a sufficient amount of T4 and that will be going back to the pituitary. Remember, the pituitary can't convert T4 to reverse T3. It can only convert it to, to T3. So if you, you're taking T4 into your body, it gets into your bloodstream. It goes up to your pituitary. Your pituitary says, hey, there's, there's substrate. Let me produce uh, T3 out of this. And, um, and then it sends off the signal that says, hey, we're getting enough thyroid hormone. Let's drop that TSH. So the TSH goes to normal. But the problem is that same event might not be occurring in the rest of your body. So in your liver and in your gut, if you have inflammation or if you have other sort of issues in those organs, your body may be taking that T4 and turning it into reverse T3 instead of T3 like the pituitary. But remember, the pituitary doesn't have a choice. It can only turn T4 into T3, whereas other tissues in the body can take that same T4 and turn it into reverse T3 instead. So in that way, there may be some mismatch between uh, how important TSH is when compared to the thyroid hormones. And this is one factor. There's a lot of others. I'm not going to get into all those, but I just wanted to help you understand why TSH may fall short. So what do you do? Well, the, well, the best thing to do is to then order these other free thyroid hormones. Um, we won't get into the difference between total and, and free thyroid hormones today, but, but just realize that free T3, free T4, and reverse T3 can all be tested. And these are the things that you want to look for. They should be assessed in combination with the TSH. Um, but it's probably not wise to just order TSH because then you have no idea what's actually happened with the free thyroid hormones. So free, free T3, remember that T3 is the active hormone. So this is the one that you really care about. You want this um, for optimal results in your body to be in the top 50th percent of the reference range. But if you're going for weight loss, studies have shown that it's even better to be even higher than that top 50%. In fact, you probably want it in that top 20% or so. So the higher free T3 is, the more likely you are to have weight loss. So what about free T4? Same thing. You have to have an adequate amount of free T4 in your body. Otherwise, you can't draw upon that T4 to convert it to free T3. And you want it to go down that pathway. So in order to have sufficient function in your body, you need to be having, you need to have a sufficient amount of free T4. So generally, you want that in the top 50% of the reference range as well. Now, you have to you have to put together the free T4 and the free T3 though, because what can happen is this. Your free T4 might be somewhat normal. Let's say it's in that top 50% of the re reference range, but then you have low free T3. So what, what might be happening there? Well, you might be, you might be consuming like level thyroxine, let's say, and enough of it is getting absorbed and floating around in your blood, but that T4 is not being converted to T3. And you can see that in, in the low free T3 range. So you have to check both of these things. Now, the story might be that instead of converting the T4 to T3, you might then see that you have higher than normal reverse T3. So remember, reverse T3 blocks free T3, which means that we want a high amount of free T3 and we want a low amount of reverse T3. So if the, the lower reverse T3 is, 
the less competition there exists for binding at the cellular level. So, and again, this can be tested as well. So for optimal results, you'll want that reverse T3 to be less than 15. So if you can find the balance between getting your TSH into a normal range and getting all of these free thyroid hormones, including free T3, free T4, and reverse T3 in these optimal ranges, which I've outlined here, you, you, can, you can safely assume that your thyroid, even though you may be supplementing, is functioning in a normal way. Now, when you start taking medication, it can be more confusing, um, but you can, you can use these reference ranges to determine if your thyroid is actually quote-unquote normal, okay? So um, that, should, that should be it. Um, I wanted to talk about this because it's really important for you, um, especially if you have thyroid disease or if you suspect thyroid disease, that you understand how all of these hormones play around with each other. The more information you have, the, more, the, the, um, the better you'll do in your visits with your doctor because then you can, you can go in and you can say, well, look, I, TSH may be normal, but my other free, th free thyroid hormones are very, very low. And so if you, if you know and you can appeal to, to common sense here, you say, well, how can, I, how, can I, how can my thyroid be functioning correctly if my free thyroid hormones are low? Aren't those more important than TSH in, term, in, in terms of activating thyroid function at the cellular level? The answer is obviously yes, but these are sort of, this is sort of the way that you can approach it um, with your doctor. So, but now, you know, hopefully this is making sense to you guys. Um, it can be a little confusing if, if you need to slow it down, listen to it a couple times. Um, it is, it's going to start to make sense though. The more you listen to it, the more you read, the more you understand. So keep at it, um, keep learning. If you have any questions, please let me know um, in the comment section as well. Um, I didn't touch on what you can do to naturally in increase your T3 levels, um, but that's a whole nother, um, that's a whole nother sort of topic. And I, I believe I have another video on that. If not, I'll do that. Uh, that video coming up here pretty soon. But otherwise, if you guys have any questions, let me know. Otherwise, hopefully you found this helpful.